0: What's happening. I thought I'd start off and tell some of you, some of you don't know the history of Mission Trails. So I thought I'd take about two minutes, give you a little history of what it was. Uh, We started back uh, in early of uh, the year 2008. So just uh, a little over 18, about 18 months ago or so. My wife and I uh, moved here. We really didn't know anybody to be a part of this church. Um, And but we had done some demographic research and we'd prayed and we'd driven all over San Diego. What neighborhood do you want us to go into? Where do you want us to plant the church? We felt like God. Told us to come here to Allied Gardens, and I'm, I'm glad he did. I think he told him, told us to do that because of some of you and many of you that are that are from this area. So we came here, and uh, first thing we did, we moved into a house, got a house fixer-upper and a foreclosure kind of thing, and um, we needed to get the house fixed up. And so I I couldn't do it all myself, so I got somebody to help me out. And the guy got to help me out. Uh, we got to talk, and his name is Patrick, and Patrick is in the back back there. There's Patrick. Say hello, Patrick. So he's the first person that kind of uh, we met in the church, and I began to share the gospel with him and the the grace of Christ. He began to read the New Testament. Uh, Soon he committed his life... uh, Christ read through the whole New Testament, read through the Old Testament, kind of read, It really was growing. Being the first person that went in, that was during the very early days when we first got here, before anything had started, when any Bible study had started or anything. And um, we were one of the things we were doing. We were going door to door, not a, not a hard sell door to door kind of. got you know, but it was just more of a listening survey, just talking with people and so like that. But we found that a lot of people in this neighborhood were not expressing interest in church. In church, now if we don't need that, we don't want any more church. And we it wasn't wasn't very encouraging for the first few months, Uh, but we did meet some people. After a while, we, we we determined from talking to people, going to their doors, we determined that a lot of people here were not interested in church, but they were interested in Jesus Christ, and they were interested in not a made up Jesus Christ, but that the historical. Jesus of the Bible. So we kind of came up with this little term ourselves and some other people using around the country now, too, of the term vintage Jesus, Jesus of history in the Bible. And we started a little course called the vintage Jesus course. And then during one of our door to door things, we were going along and uh, we came to a door and uh, a Jewish lady came to the door and we told her about this class doing this vintage Jesus class. And... uh, she seemed interested. And uh, you know a lot of people had not expressed interest in things, and so she but she seemed really interested. And uh, but I didn't think she was gonna come. But I gave her the thing, told her about the course. And well anyway, anyway, on Tuesday night, whenever it was, uh, we had the course, we didn't know who was gonna show up, and she showed up at the door. Now one of the first things she said, now, now I'm gonna come to this and I'm gonna learn about Jesus, but you're not gonna convert me. <laughs> okay, and uh, but she kind of came in, and we said, "Oh, that's fine. Just come and let's learn and let's work." She came to class. We went through the Gospel of John. Showed a little video, a part of the Gospel of John, and we discussed it and did that four or five weeks. I, even the first week though, that she came after we watched the, the little video, she went away from the meeting and said "Could this really be real? Could this be? This is amazing. Could this be true?" And we we went along, and she started reading the Gospel of John and coming to the group, understanding the gospel. And after five or six weeks. I'm believing. I'm trusting, and she trusted Christ, and she's joined here. And got baptized she's back. Working in the nursery today. Some of you know Judith, and uh, just a, a exciting kind of thing. And uh, so that was she, another a person that came to Christ, and that's been going on. Those kind of things have been going on. And we started last uh, summer, almost a year ago. Uh, we started once a month preview services. How many came to to one of those? The first once a month preview services. So several people here came to one of those. Uh, the once a month service. And then we had a grand opening. Um, in um in september and other people kind of came and people kind of checked it out and so it's been moving moving along since then and we had uh, a man named joey white along with us he asked to help do some of the preaching at some of the preview services and and that went uh he came here to learn more about church planting and to actually plant a church himself and we kind of partnered together in this and then within about six or seven months of being with us then our church has sent him out. He's now on Lakeside, and he's got a church out there. It's kind of a sister church of ours. We're kind of connected together. he's got a church called Stone Lake Church that's running about 120 people now, just doing a great job out there. And so that's sort of a little bit of the history of kind of where we're at and where we're going. We have growth groups you'll see in the program and different things going on. A lot of people involved in those and serving. So good things are happening. Things are moving along. New people are coming all the time and beginning to, to uh, lock in to their relationship with Christ. Really meeting him. Several of you here have been uh, baptized and been committed your life to Christ. And uh, we are just excited about what, what God is doing. So, moving forward together. What is our direction? Where are we headed? What's going on with some of that? Well, we're heading in that direction of Jesus Christ. The direction he wants to go in. Where he has, he's heading somewhere. He's doing something on planet Earth, and we're going to try to join up with him. We're going to try to go on and be and do what he's doing. Um, One thing he's doing is he's building his church. He's building his church. That's what he's up to. That's the grand project that he's doing in this time in history. There's a a great verse. It's in Matthew 16 and uh, verse 18. And Jesus is speaking these words. He says, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, notice what he says there, that phrase, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will build. what Jesus up to. He's building his church. Now, when he's saying that, he's not talking about building church buildings, whether they're special dedicated buildings, you know, like we see around. He's not talking about even building gymnasiums that people can have church in. He's not talking about buildings at all. He's talking about people. He's building his church by calling out people to himself. Calling out people to be together. The word ecclesia, the word church. The first time it's used in the New Testament is in this verse when Jesus used it. The ecclesia is the called out ones. Called out of the world and called together for a purpose. Not, and not just to worship. Now that's part of it. But we are what I call a cause community that celebrates together and worships together. We're a cause. We, we, there's a cause that Christ has for us. He has us here for a reason. And we're a community. We're a body. We're a, we're a group of people that are called out and connected together to accomplish things. And then we get together weekly to celebrate Christ and to worship and to bring honor to him. But during the week, we're out seeking to do his will. But this is an interesting verse. He says, I will, Jesus, and I will build my church. That's what he said he was going to do. And that's what he continues to do. He lords over the universe in order to do that. And then notice it says here, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That verse has been misunderstood many times through the years and interpreted. In fact, even the, when you read it, it's sort of like, it almost sounds like the church is sort of like this fortress, this fort. And, and we're being protected from, you know, the bad stuff. But, you know, when you really think about it, though, gates don't move. It's the church that is moving forward. It's the church that's aggressive. It's the church that's going out and it's breaking down the gates of Hades or the gates of hell, and setting the captive free. The church is moving forward. It's it's, it's aggressive. It's it's got a cause. It's reaching people for Jesus Christ and changing and seeing their lives change. And it's um, wonderful. So the church is more of a force than a fortress for defense. It's an offensive weapon in the hands of God to extend His kingdom. Throughout the whole earth. That's what God, that's what Jesus Christ is up to. The word church in the New Testament is used in two different ways. In this way, it's talking about, in this verse, it's talking about the universal church. Kind of all Christians of all time, anybody who committed their lives to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, they're part of the universal church. But there's also in the New Testament talks about the local churches, like the church in Corinth, the church in Philippi, the church in Ephesus. There's local churches, the church in Allied Gardens. There are local churches that are called out bodies of people that are working together in order to accomplish his purposes in that particular locale. For that particular group of people that they're supposed to be reaching. And um, that is kind of where, where we are and what's happening there. But I want you to look at another verse about the church in the, in the New Testament. It's in Ephesians 1, and 23, which is an amazing verse. I want you to think about this for a second. If you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, think about this verse. It says that God placed all things under his feet. That's under the feet of Jesus Christ. This is after his death and resurrection and uh, ascension to heaven now he 's sitting at the right hand of God, and all things are under his feet. He is the head over everything it says here. Head over everything. Notice that next word you might circle it on your outlet. The on your outlet. you might circle it. for the church. Jesus is head over everything. he 's ruling over the universe. he 's ruling over everything for the church, for the people that he 's calling out and calling together. This is his grand scheme, which is his body. The church is the body of Christ on earth today. And it is extremely important. It's not just something you kind of go to. This is, this is what God is all about. This is what God is up to. Is He's putting together the church and churches in local communities by calling people out and calling them together. This is what um, we believe, and we believe it's very clear in the Scripture that this is, it's all for the church, everything—even the crises that come, even the economic crisis—it's for the church. Even if He's a Lord over the whole universe. Now, in the universe and in His kingdom, there are some rebels still, some of us at times. And but He's still lording over all, and still working and dealing with the rebels, and dealing with those, and working and bringing them to Himself, and working out His will. But all that he does, all that he allows to happen, he does it in order to build the church. To see people come to Christ and to grow in Christ and to spend eternity with him. It's all about the church. very important. The other way of saying some of this, where we're heading, where we're moving in the church. First of all, we're moving with Jesus to help build the church. To build the body of Christ on planet earth. Second thing is we're making disciples of all people groups. There's a famous verse. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus' last words. He said, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth have been given to me. Here I am. I've got all authority, like we've mentioned in the verse before. All authority. Now, I've got a task for you as followers, you as disciples. This is what I want you to be about and doing. This is the cause. We're a causal community. This is the cause. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, help people become believers. All nations, the word nations, we think of political nations, and it means pan ethnos in the original. Basically, all people groups, all kinds of people, all tribes and tongues and people all over the globe. The commission is to go and make disciples of all people. Go to baptizing, once they become a Christian, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, and surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we want to be with Jesus. We want to be close to Jesus. Then get in on what he's into. Building the church. Obey his commission. And help him to do this task. And then you'll be with him. And you'll be with others who are also linking with him. And there will be a closeness. And a, uh, a wonderful thing that's happened from that. So. What we're really saying here. In this first part of this message. Is that where are we headed? Well we're out to try to change the world. Us, little group, change the world. What are we talking about? Well, Jesus is about that. That's what he is up to. And we're just joining and working together with him. We want to be a part of something that God is doing around the world. And we want to do our share. We want to do our part. We want to do the uniqueness that we are called to do by God in our place, in our situation. And we're going to describe that a little bit here in a few, in a few moments. But it's a, an outrageous idea to think we're going to help change the world. But that's really the commission that he's given us. And if we work together, it's amazing what he can do and what he's already beginning to do. Okay, what's it going to require? Well, in one word, it's going to require multiplication. We're not going to reach the world through just growing churches a little bit bigger. We're only going to reach the world through multiplication of disciples and of churches multiplication is going to be the key. Multiplication is built into the way God designed the universe, and it's very important for us to understand this. And I'm, I'm going to spend a little time on this because most people in churches don't understand this, and they don't appreciate church planting and multiplication of the church as much as the Scripture does and what I think Jesus does. And I'm going to try to explain that to you now because that's unique to who we are and what we're going to be doing as we move forward in the future. Um, in Genesis 1, it says this, and this is a... Statement of God to Adam and Eve. And he says, God blessed them and said to them. Notice what his first kind of commission for them was. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the, air, of the sky. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. But the phrase I want you to focus in on is be fruitful and multiply. He told that to humans. He also told that to the plants. He told that to the animals, to the birds. And be fruitful and and multiply. Multiplication is the key to filling the earth. That's true for plants. That's true for animals. That's true even for the church. It's multiplication is going to be key. Because that's where exponential growth can come. It's only through multiplication. Not through addition. And so we're going to look at that. Um, the only hope to fill the earth. And therefore obey God's commission. To make disciples of all nations. Is going to be through multiplication. There's all kinds of illustrations of that and the power of multiplication, you may have heard some of them in the past. Let me give you one, one example. Let's put, put a proposal out to you. Let's say that I want to offer you, I don't have this, but if I could offer you, I could offer you today $1 million cash. Or, and you could either accept that or take this other little offer I'd have. I'm going to give you one penny today. And for the next month, that penny will double. So next day it'll be two. next day it'll be four. Now, take your choice. Do you want a million dollars today or do you want the penny multiplied at the end of a month? The penny. If you understand multiplication, you want the penny because you make about $10 million more, $9 million more by taking the penny. Addition. Doesn't even come close to what multiplication can do. So we want to think about how that applies to the church. How we multiply and what we're going to do. And I'm going to take a few lessons from nature. Some lessons from nature about multiplication. Let's think of plants, for instance. And I went out here in the field while I was preparing this morning and I pulled out a plant. And uh, it's actually kind of a weed, but it looks like wheat. But anyway, we we'll take a look at that. And what happens with a plant? The lesson of a plant would be a little bit like this. You go out there and you know, a seed goes in the ground and the, at first, the energies of the seed go into growth. You know, that seed grows and all its energies go into getting to a certain DNA height. Right? It grows to be a certain size. That's how God builds it to it. But then, once it gets to be of a certain size, and most plants in this, are this way, all animals and humans are this way. We're to get to a certain size, certain DNA size. And then something happens and it switches. Something changes in the way God made living things, in the way He even made churches. And they get to their basic DNA size, and they start to change their energies away from growth for themselves into what? Anybody know? Multiplication, right? They start making these little seeds and put the little sticky things on. It, so they stick to your socks, and you can spread them around. And you know But but it puts its energies into producing seeds for what purpose? That the one plant can become many plants as it gets blown in the wind and spread around. That's his intent. All through nature, we have illustrations everywhere you go. Every weed in your yard gives you an illustration of that. Every garden plant, everything you see, every animal is illustration of that. And God brings things, even churches, to certain DNA size, certain size that he wants them to be. But then they take and they take their energies. And to put that into multiplication, because that's the way, the best way to win the world for Christ. And so we're in our church, for instance, like what's happened here in, in uh, less than a year since we, we launched. Uh, we have started this church. We've started another church. Saturday, there are over 200 people kind of coming. Now, if we continue to do that, which is going to be a lot of hard work to do. But if we continue to multiply ourselves and this church over the next year or so is able to start another site or another ministry. And then the church in Lakeside does the same thing, which is their intent and their their goal. The next year is to get another one going. Then we'll have four. Then we'll have six, and that'll be 400 people. And then it'll be three years, it'll be 800 people. And you start to multiply that out, the multiplication begins to kick in, and we can see we start making a huge impact in the world. In just seven years, there's 25,000 people in the movement. Not in just one church. We may be relatively the same size. But there's all these other churches around in different places that God has sent out and things that he has done. In 10 years, we have 200,000 people. In 19 years, we have the state of pop, more than the population of the, uh, the state of California. In 22 years, we have more than the population of the U.S. In just 27 years, all the people in the world would be one. Of course, multiplication always breaks down. But yet, this is the plan. This is the way. This is God's plan to make a difference in the world and to make an impact. But it's going to take work and it's going to take us linking together for that. Animals and humans, the same thing, growth the DNA size. When you get to your DNA size and then, you know, so you get in your teenage years, you'll get to your basic height and your basic body frame, whatever. And then the... Hormones kick in, the reproductive hormones kick in and you start to change your energy and it should be change your energy to start multiplying and to start having. It. Now, if you continue to grow as your individual body, what happens? It's not healthy growth usually after that. It's not the right kind of thing is that you need to be working and we need to be working on this. But when you have children, the children help give you exercise, <laughs> they help give you motivation and get it moving and keep kinda of going and keep the keep the body fat off and keep it going and kinda of going going what's on. And but uh, you get the DNA size and you start reproduction. Same thing for churches. The other thing we learn is love and cooperation. In order for reproduction good, we need to love each other as a body. We're different people, but we love each other, there's cooperation together, we work together to accomplish things. There's sacrifice. All parenthood is pricey. You have know, parents, is parenthood pricey? Is there a lot of work involved in parenthood? You know, not only in, uh, in the, the, the baby developing within the womb. There's a lot of work there. You see my wife. My wife has had twins. When she got pregnant with both of her twins, it was amazing what her stomach did. I mean, she didn't gain much weight anywhere else, but all of, it was all in her stomach. And she was just out like that. You could put a glass of water and you could walk around on it. I mean, and she was just, she just a, the skin was stretched out to the max. Uh, but that was a lot of pain. A lot of effort and a lot of energy goes into the birth process. But after they're born, there's a huge... Uh, Price to pay and work that you have to do and nurturing that, that, that young one and that all the way through their young years and their teenage years and all the challenges of that is huge. But you need to do that in order for that new one to multiply and to become healthy and to move on and to, and, to, and to fill the earth. But the same thing with churches. Churches, planting new churches is going to be costly. We have to work together. We're going to have another site, another place, and multiply this church, which we hope to see happen. It's going to take a lot of work and sacrifice. The master's plan for changing the world is through planting, reproducing churches among every people group on earth. That's kind of what God is up to. Now, 95% of the churches in America never multiply. You know why? Because they keep thinking they get to their DNA size, and instead of doing this... They don't, they, don't do, they don't do the reproductive kind of stuff. They just kind of stay there and they kind of keep growing. Now, I'm going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I get big enough, then, I'll do, and then I might do that. And 95% of the churches never multiply. They never start another church. They may be a great ministry, but they're not. And this is one of the reasons why the church in America is not growing. It's not developing. Because we are not multiplying churches. And it's easy to understand why churches don't do it, though. Because even in our church, I'm as a pastor of this church, I look around church and I think, well, how can we think about starting another church? We're just getting to know each other right now. We're just we're, there's jobs that need to be done here. I mean, we're, there's more. We need more help here. We need more help there. There's things. How could we ever do it? We need to focus on ourselves and just focus on ourselves. And then someday. So I'm thinking along these lines. I'm thinking about and this is what all pastors do and people in churches that lead, and make decisions in churches. They think, well, we got to. We gotta do stuff for ourselves. We gotta focus on ourselves. And if we focus on ourselves, then someday maybe we can focus on others. We can plan other churches and we can we can we can multiply ourselves. Uh, but that, if we do that, ends up being a dead end. The way we need to, even while we are young, I mean we've already started to do it, but we need to do more of it, and we'll continue to do more uh, in the years to come, in the even months to come. Uh but we need to get our focus off ourselves and we need to get our focus on church plan. Now, A couple of ideas on church planning. I, I won't take a lot of time uh, on this. But the reason why churches in America don't multiply is basically we get selfish. We get centered on ourselves and our needs and our things. And we, we got a too small a vision. We're just looking here instead of looking at the whole world. If we really keep the world in mind, if we keep making a big impact and seeing millions come to Christ eventually then we've got to look beyond ourselves and on to what we can do and how we can we cooperate with the way God made things in the universe. Does that make sense? I know I'm, I'm kind of talking. I don't talk, you know, this, this is kind of a, you know, not, not the kind of thing you probably heard a lot in a church. And I won't talk about this every week. This is in our normal mode, you know, talk about your planning every week. But, but I, I thought it was important for you. This morning To understand a little bit what's behind me, what makes me tick. And many of the people here that are kind of helping start this church tick. Because one of our uniquenesses as a Mission Trails Church is to become a model for multiplication. And how churches, even young churches, can multiply. And how can be effective and reach others. And how we can work together with all the gifts and, gifts and abilities. Even new Christians and people who haven't been involved in church can work together and do things. And put on services. And to start small groups. And to make a huge difference in the world. But we don't do it because... We get selfish and self-centered. We need to get our focus off ourselves. But planting church, why plant churches? First of all, it's the best way to reach people. Uh, They've established this, that people come to Christ four times as likely, as effectively in new churches as is in older established churches. People coming to our new adults, particularly coming to Christ and getting baptized. It's effective. It just works. New churches are a great kind of new environment. Where other new people are kind of coming, and so if you're not used to going to church, and you're not kind of, you can kind of come in, you can fit in with others that are new to coming to church. Instead of going someplace where everybody knows each other and they've been around for for you know a long time, and so we just find that for a lot of reasons it helps to reach people. It's a great way to mature and to mobilize people. The mobilization in a new church, people can they don't have to become if you don't want to, but you can become known and you can become uh, useful and you're needed in the new church. There's things to do. There's places to be involved. There's places to help and to be a part and to help that move forward. And sometimes other situations are like that. It. So it's a great way to mature people because they have to step up. They have to do something. They have to step up and get involved and be, and be in it. And it helps to mature you as you do that. You trust Christ. You start not to live just for yourself but you live for God and for His purposes. And then there's a spiritual growth. You start becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Another thing is it reaches some people. New churches... Church planting reaches some people that established establishes churches just won't. Not that they're bad. And we're not dishing any church out there. We're glad for every church in the world. And every established church. We're glad they're doing a great ministry. But to some people just won't go to those. We started the first church we started uh, way, way back. Uh, we started in Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia, what, what we consider sort of the Bible Belt. A lot of churches there. Anybody from that part of the country? A lot more churches. We think we. some people think there are a lot of churches here. We don't have a lot of churches here compared to in church buildings here we have back here. We started this church, so we were called to start this church in Atlanta. And right where we were going to start in this apartment complex, there were like five other big churches of my same denomination. We were all also Baptists. And they were within a quarter mile, a half mile away. And they were a little nervous about us coming in and starting this new church so close to them. And, Ooh, you steal our members and, you know, that kind of thing. And so we kind of in that whole process. But, but they finally agreed, okay, to do it. And we went ahead and did it. And uh, we found that... We were able to reach some people there in that apartment complex that we started in that those churches were not reaching at all. We saw a number of people come to Christ. We saw it grow and develop. And it kind of illustration kind of grew out of that. And the illustration uh, for me as I teach people about this is the difference between a frog church and a lizard church. You know the difference is a frog church and lizard church is? Well, a frog church is a a church that, that, that finds a lily pad, finds a place, and sits there very, very still. And waits for the little flies to come by and takes them in. That's a frog church. Sits and waits. And a lizard church is a little different. It has a little, little different DNA, and it goes out and it try to finds people. It kind of goes after. Them. It doesn't just sit still. It goes and it's a little more active in getting out there. So we were this little lizard church in an apartment complex reaching people, and actually we were stirring up the flies. And the pastors of all the other churches they said, "We're so glad you're here because you're stirring up these flies, and in our church is growing." So we helped the frog churches. They were just sitting still and not really going after things. And so they all kind of work together. And, uh, but church planting is more like that. You're out there and you're getting after it. And we'll reach some people that other people just won't reach for Christ. And that's told the only way to get the job done. We talked about multiplication. If we want to reach the world for Christ, if that's really our goal, it's only going to be done through church planting and through multiplication of churches. Now, what's it going to take for us? Mission Trails Church, let's apply it, come back and apply it. Apply it to us, uh, our unique role as a church, to be a model of multiplication, what's going to take? Well, it's going to take a growing number of members committed to what God is calling them to do and to give. It's going to take you as a member of the church, to discern what God's calling you to do, how much He's involved calling you to be involved. We're not going to pressure. We don't push you. We don't push you. We don't pressure you. But we do ask you to pray. We ask you questions and we challenge you to ask God what he wants you to do and what you can give and how you can become a part of this. It says in Matthew, the need is for workers. Matthew 9, Jesus makes a statement. He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When he saw all the people that need to be reached around the world, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They need the shepherd, Jesus Christ, the master shepherd. But they also need under shepherds. They need people in their lives to care for them and help them and give them direction and leadership. Like a sheep without a shepherd. And they're harassed. and They're hurting. There's people all around all around you that work with you, that live in your neighborhood, that are hurting. They need a shepherd. They need Jesus as their shepherd. They need a church. They need a, a body of Christ. Uh, when he said to the disciples, and then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of people out there. There's so much to do. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Pray for that. Now you say, but you're thinking, oh, but I'm a mess. Well, God uses messy people. God uses messy missionaries. He sends you out. I'm a messy 1st I've got things going on. I've got things in my life that God's working on. But God uses anybody. That's willing and trusting. And sometimes in our weakness, he uses that even even the more if we're open and honest, as, as Austin was talking about that before. But God uses people to do this. We work together. So our goal here as a church is to have more workers and resources than we need so we can reproduce. Once you step up, things are getting done right now. But I think things be getting done around the church in sort of abundance. So we have. Extra supply of people helping with the various things so that people are training and learning and getting ready to go. They could can, they can help somebody else. They could mul- they could help to multiply. They could help train others. Abundance of workers and resources so that we can move on and uh, become. Reproducing ourselves. So just some questions I want to ask you now as we're closing here in a few moments. Is that do you believe in what we're doing? Has this church been helpful to you? You don't have to answer out loud. But has this church been helpful to you? Do you believe in what we're doing here? Is this being meaningful to you? And, of course, I hope your answer is yes. And you, If you're here and maybe you're here the first time and you'll have to check it out for a while. But some of you have been coming back. And so if the answer is yes, then we think, would you like to help others find Christ and to grow spiritually in a church like this? And if you're interested in that, if your answer is yes to that, then let's think about how. We can be involved in that. What we can do. What can be our part. Do you think. Another question I want to ask you. is: Do you think. That God wants you to give more of your time. That's a hard question there. I'm sorry. But it's a hard question. Do you think he might want to give you. You give more of your time. And more of your money. To build up. And to multiply his church. And if so. How much. I'm not going to ask you to turn that in, or I'm not going to corner you on that. But I want you to think about that. I think God's asking, what, can you, what, what are you to give? Are you committed to this cause? And if you're committed to the cause, what can you give? What's he doing? He understands where you're at. He understands your situations. And um, some of you are already giving all that you can give. Now, some of you are just dedicating yourselves to, so to, really totally to this church, and that's wonderful. So I'm not pressuring you. But others are not giving to the, to the level and involved as, as much as they can be. The good news in our church is giving a little status of our church. The good news in our church is that there's a lot of people involved, some, giving some time. There's 45 people. We have 35 members right now. We have 45 people that are giving some time, energy, doing something to help the church out. And that's wonderful. Everybody's serving, pitching in. Uh, but, you know, there's about 25% uh, of those that are, that, are, that are working that are giving, you know, more and some significantly more, more than an hour a week to service. Outside coming to services, they helping and doing doing various things. But there's the other 75% are giving just maybe something even under would average out an hour a week. They're coming and they're help- once a month. They're helping here. They're helping with the children once a month. They're helping with the setup, taking once a month, that kind of stuff. And that's wonderful, and we're glad. And that's more than you've ever served in a church before. And it's a wonderful volunteer step. But the question is, can that 75%... Start to to give more time and energy to help move this forward, and that's what we're going to be asking you to think think about. Our dream, my dream, and our dream as, as leaders in the church is that many, more and more people would sort of, in a sense, in their hearts, be saying, "I report for duty. Show me what I can do. Show me where I can do. I'm willing to give this amount of time. Show me how I can use time and energy. Let me know. You can now we'll use those little cards every week. You can let us know on there. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to do more. Let me show, show me what to do." Quit me. Help me. I will even take a regular responsibility and do it every week. And uh, if I miss, I'll help get a substitute. And, you know, we know I can't make it every Sunday, but, we'll, but I'll, 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 be a, I'll work and help and be a part of that. If you want to do that, that would be a dream come true for us as we're moving. And help us get to the position that we can now think about multiplying ourselves. Now, when I talk about multiplication, I'm not talking about taking this church and dividing it in two. That's never going to happen as far as I'm concerned. We're not splitting the church. We're just as a church getting some people that are going to maybe a very few, maybe just four or five people are sent out from the church to help start another church. And then some of the rest of us, we'd stay in this church and we'd stay our relationships would be here at Mission Trails. And we just go out on what we call mini mission trips. We're kind of SWAT team people just kind of go out for a few weeks. SWAT team means uh, servants willing and temporary. We just go out for a few weeks and help them with the children's program, help them with the setup, help the new church kind of get started. But then we still keep our basic church here in our relationship. We continue to settle in to this church. And this stays pretty much intact. But we're helping to send out and help start these other churches in other places around. We've done this in the past. And it's been, been a wonderful, uh, wonderful plan. And it's worked uh, to do that. So we'll talk more about that. Um, what about money? It takes time. and It takes money to start new churches. How much are you giving right now? And. Uh, our average offering, just to give you some facts of the church and where we're at, our average offerings right now are about $1,250 a week. That's how much is given from the local uh, people here in the church. And um, about 20% of the people that give, they give 71% of the money that's given. So some of you are carrying a big load. And you're giving, you're tithing, you're giving a percentage of that, and God is really using that and helping us to, to pay the bills and, and do the things that are here. And um, some of those 20% are given on average of about $80 a week. And that's kind of a tithe of probably about a $40,000 a year salary and those kind of things. So that's wonderful. We've got that base. But the other 80%, they're given about $8 a week. And uh, this is just kind of average as we look at all those, all those kind of things going on. And that is much more than you've ever given to anything. And we're, we're, we're excited about that. And that's great that we're doing that. But I want to ask the question, can you give more? Does God want you to give more? Because God wants you to be a part of this. Because it takes takes money. It takes, to set up a new site, it'll take us $10,000 just for the equipment and the trailers and that kind of stuff. It'll take us another $10,000 to publicize it and send out the mailers and to to tell people about it in the new community that we're a part of. It'll take money for for staffing. It'll take money for uh, the rent. We pay about $1,600 a month, month rent to rent the hall. Like the schools are about the same price. That's nothing compared to if you built your own building, but it's still something if we want to start new churches. So, we want to do that? So, I just ask you to think about it and to pray about it. Parenting is pricey. Do you want to be a part of a team to help us to do this and to move along with this? Now, look at this. There's a prayer here as we close, and uh, this prayer it says this it says, uh, "Lord Jesus, I'm responding to your call." And this is something that's to think about. This prayer, and you may come back and pray it as we have a little quiet time here in a moment, but. Lord, yeah, I'm responding to your call. I'm reporting for duty. I don't know if that's where your heart is, but if your heart is, if I'm reporting for duty. Show me what you want me to do and what you want me to give. Just be open before God and ask him. Show me. Ask him to show you. I don't know what you should do. Only God knows. Ask him to show you. Guide me in how I can help this church become strong and to multiply. Forgive me for my selfish tendencies or for or giving into my fears too often. That's something happens to us is that we, we do that. Uh, fill me with faith, and courage, and love for others, and for your church. Help me move forward together with my church in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, I'm gonna we're gonna leave that up there as we have this little time of meditation. But I want to have just another prayer for you as you think about that. You might want to go back to some of that, and you might want to pray some of that if that's your expressing the desire of your heart. But let's have another, I'm gonna have another prayer for you, and then you can come back to that in a moment. Lord, I thank you for each person that you've brought to mission trails, for those who have come to Christ, for those who are baptized even this last week and, uh, and that have come to Christ and that are growing, and those that are, were Christians but are now really growing in Christ even more now. I thank you for them, and I, I pray that you'd bless them. You'd bless us as we link together, as we move forward together. Show us how we can multiply ourselves and that we can reach more people for Christ through this. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So you might just look back at this prayer that's going to stay on there and uh, pray that to the Lord as you're thinking right now. You could use a card. You start, if you haven't started filling out your card, you could fill out that card. And um, I will have some a couple of announcements.